Episode 40, Hey Love Podcast. I just don't like the way it sounds in here. I usually record in my bedroom closet, and I'm really sad because I can't be in there right now. Davey is watching some crazy reality show with Blair, so I got kicked out. But it sounds like I'm in a tunnel, and it smells like teen spirit in here. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey Love, a couple of weeks ago in my Bible study, one of our leaders led us through this exercise to help us articulate the impossible standards that we place on ourselves as Christians. We get this ideal in our minds of what it means to be um, the perfect Christian woman or a person who's worthy of Christ's sacrifice. And then we actually try to live up to that standard. And then we wonder why we feel so overwhelmed and defeated all the time. I'm going to reflect on that lesson today and my journey in particular. It's part two of a three-parter. I've really enjoyed these solo episodes for the first three weeks of season three. We'll get to the interviews in a couple weeks, too. I'm so excited about that. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be announcing the winner from the Instagram contest. <laughs> Woohoo! You guys love that movie almost as much as I do, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. But for now, I get to have you all to myself. I picture you and me sitting on my porch swing on my shady little back porch. It feels like a treehouse out there because the trees have come in so full after all the rains. And I picture us drinking a nice hot cup of spicy sweet chai. Nothing like fall in Tennessee. Let me tell you about this lesson. Okay, Melissa Hoffman was the one who taught us this particular session. She was teaching our discipleship class. She placed this old-timey scale in the middle of the room and asked us to imagine one side of the scale representing God's standard of perfection, and then we had to name one thing that we used to try to balance that scale. And the problem became clear to us that nothing we did could ever make it balance. Nothing could make it work. It was a great illustration that showed us that um, we can't add to what Jesus Christ has done. We can't add to it. Jesus paid it all, y'all. I told Melissa afterwards it was so helpful for me to not only hear a teaching on it, but to actually have this visual and to get up out of my chair and do something interactive with the visual. It helped my brain and heart really lock in on the message. I'm trying to get Melissa on here soon. You need to hear from her. So during the confession time, I talked about being a recovering codependent, and I know we've touched on that here before. Um, I wanted to dive into that a little bit more. Basically, all that means is I was an extreme people pleaser. I do use this one other phrase because I've really never been able to think of a more appropriate way to say it. I was an approval whore. I talk about that in episode seven. I'm not trying to offend anyone by using that term. Uh, It's just like I said, I can't think of another way to describe it. So um, if you go and listen to that episode, I explain what I mean by that term. And we'll wait right here for you. Pick up right where we left off. The style of relating that I'm talking about, uh, codependency, it came into play after I became a believer. 
before Jesus found me, I was just bitter and angry because of some things that happened to me when I was very young. It was, for me, the end of the innocence. I vowed at a very tender age not to trust anybody. I made this decision. You, you can't trust men or women in authority. No man, no woman is to be trusted. So who does that leave? Nobody. I hated everyone. I was a hater. So I was way over on this one side of the pendulum. And then after I became a Christian, I misunderstood verses like turn the other cheek, um, forgive 70 times 7, die to yourself. And I swung way over to the other side to being a codependent doormat, basically. Plus, I had this crazy notion that all Christians are perfect and sinless and trustworthy. Oh my goodness, these expectations, I was totally setting myself up. So I absolutely put the approval of man before anything else, and I wore my addiction of choice like a badge of honor. But inside, I was constantly comparing myself to other people and always resentful because I wasn't appreciated for all the wonderful things I did for people. Oh, don't you wish that you were my friend? I know, it sounds sick, doesn't it? Well, as I started growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and and really believing Him and all that He says about Himself and who I am in light of who He is, all these behaviors began to change. The Holy Spirit, being the gentleman that He is, would convict me of something with such kindness. It would be like, hey, love, you, you know, that's how I hear Him speak to me. Uh, Hey, love, I see that you've agreed to cook for that new family this week, but, you know, your own family hasn't eaten in uh, six days. (laughs) Or, as with one really unhealthy friendship I was knee-deep in, um, Hey, love, you know, this is the 18th time that you've uh, run across town in the middle of the night to leave a bouquet of flowers and a note of apology for this person. Uh, Do you want to talk about this a little bit? You know what? I wasn't even sure what I was sorry for half the time when I went to this friend's house. But as I look back, I see that I did a lot of things because I was afraid of this person. I was literally scared of people. It was the classic fear of man. I was just desperate to keep the peace with this friend and all my friends. Really, I couldn't stand for anybody to be mad at me for any length of time about anything. I was a peacekeeper, which is way different from being a peacemaker. It seemed like I did a lot of stuff for her and for my friends, but really it was for me. If I can make you happy, then I can be happy. That's codependency. Well, in counseling and recovery, I learned that... Namely, um, recovery groups like Celebrate Recovery, ACA. I learned that I was attracted to sick people, which, (laughs) what did that make me? Yeah, it meant that I was just as sick as they were. All I can say is codependency felt very familiar to me. It felt felt just, it just felt so right. It's kind of like the old wet diaper theory. You know, have you ever heard that where a toddler might have a hard time giving up her wet diaper? Like at first it might have been a bother and then it kind of gets warm. I mean, she's kind of gets comfortable in it. It's not so bad. It was like that for me. It just felt right and I got used to it. I would be drawn to these people who were just abusive, but I just settled for it, you know? 
And now that God has delivered me from that taste for that drug, just like as an ex-smoker, I lost the taste for cigarettes. It was like he uprooted the need for this drug of codependency. And the root for me was a fear of abandonment. Since the Spirit started the process of freeing me from this bondage, my friendships look so different now. He was with me through it all, my whole story, for all my days, and He will always be with me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus is the one who commands my destiny. Nobody else has the power to do that because I'm not giving it to anybody else anymore. I'll tell you for sure, it's a much easier way to live in relationship, gospel-centered in the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that relationships are ever easy, but I am saying that they're easier when they're gospel-centered and Spirit-led. I basically swung from being a people-hater to being a codependent doormat to now feeling like I'm falling in love with my community. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it really is the closest thing to describe what happens. It's like this constant crush. The Father gives you a love and a compassion for the people in your life, in your home, in your church, uh, in your neighborhood. I did not think it was even possible this side of heaven, but He has turned me from being a hater of humans to a lover of souls. I see evidence of his healing all the time in me and my behaviors, Um, evidence of how the Spirit has changed my mind and changed me from the inside out. He has first convinced me of the Father's great love for me as a child. I'm not just forgiven. I'm made right with God. And he knew that would mean more to me than just being forgiven. Think about that for a minute. When you're in a fight with your husband, would you rather he say, you're forgiven or you're right? (laughs) Yep, God knew that. This changes things, doesn't it? How can it not? That the God of the universe is pleased with you, that you're right with him. Not just that you're right with him, but that you're dearly beloved. You're his daughter, that he sings over you. You know, I used to just be able to tell other women this stuff, but then all of a sudden, I started believing that it's true for me too. You cannot steep in this stuff for long without feeling some platelets shift in the foundations of the earth in your soul. So naturally, all this spills out in your relationships. And it's like, not just turning the Titanic, but like, lifting it off the bottom of the ocean and and setting it back on the surface and restoring it and putting it back on course. That truly is what it feels like when he's done with my relationships. I don't feel hatred towards men anymore. I renounced my vow of celibacy and I actually married one of them. And I don't feel hate towards women anymore because the lack of trust that I used to experience all the time around women has been replaced with forgiveness. And the comparison monster has been replaced with compassion. I do still struggle with envy from time to time. Uh, It's a real weakness, especially because I'm a four on on, um, the Enneagram. And that was my go-to. And I was like, yes, that's right. How did they know this stuff? It's amazing. About envy, I look on Instagram and I think all the time, 
oh, I wish I had her life or her this or her that. Or, oh, I wasn't invited to that thing or this thing. But, you know, the window of time between my feeling that temptation to compare myself and my confessing it to God and giving it over to the Holy Spirit, it's a lot smaller window of time now than before. Like, I, re- I repent of it a lot quicker than I used to. And I learned this year, in fact, during Lent this past spring, that I do much better with this kind of temptation if before I take in anything else, social media, food, text, or anything, I get on my knees and I take in the Word of God first. And I soak in His Spirit for just a few minutes, first thing in the morning. You know, it's amazing how that seems to set the tone for me. My, my whole attitude shifts. It's crazy. It's not a magic bullet or formula to having a good day. It's a, it's a heart change. And it really is like turning the Titanic little by little. Part of living out gospel-centered loving relationships is learning how to speak the truth in love, like it says to do in Ephesians 4. And this is really hard for a people-pleaser, approver like me. For people with my kind of tendencies, even having an opinion can feel confrontational. You know, like when you're heading out to eat somewhere and somebody asks, hey, where do you guys want to go? For some of us, by nature, it feels really harsh to even say something like, you know, I feel like a burger or I'd really like to get some pizza tonight. That even is a risk. Even admitting what we want That's really hard for us. And making a decision was just about impossible for me. I had to ask everyone else's opinion and enlist everybody's feelings on the matter. Even after that, I would take a vote and I would then still question my decision. Oh, yeah, decisions, making decisions was really, really tough. I'm not codependent, am I? But as we bloom and grow, We find our voice and we can start sharing our opinions, our desires, our wishes, our needs. And then when the Holy Spirit leads us in love to actually go and confront someone who's hurt us, woo, is that scary or what? That's, man, that's treading some deeper waters right there. But we begin to see that we are loving them by confronting them. If someone's being mean or bossy or gossiping or even inadvertently doing something over and over that's hurtful, then confronting them might be the best thing. It might be just what the Lord is calling us to do for them. I had to learn how to do this in love the hard way in order to benefit the other person, not just to vent or get something off my chest. That's not the point. And I'm still learning how to do this. But I was really, really clumsy at it at first. We're going to talk more about that next time. It's going to be the last solo episode for a few weeks. So next week, I'm going to be closing out this mini-series of solo episodes, and we'll get back to interviews. You are going to get to meet some of the women that I've been mentored by over the years and some of the younger women that I've had the pleasure of mentoring, too. It's going to be great. So in two weeks, you're going to get to meet one of the women I call my big sis, Bonnie Keene. She is going to be here, and she's indescribable, and you are going to love her. And if you don't have a mentor like her or big sis, I am just going to implore you to run and not walk to find one. 
And now I get to announce to you the winners of last week's contest, my Big Fat Imposter Syndrome contest. Thanks to those of you who did respond on Instagram with the correct answer. Mariah Elrod, Lauren Hugh Young, Chandra Atkins. Congratulations. And if you didn't win this time around, it's okay. Don't fret. We've got another contest coming up. At the end of this month, October 2017, you have a chance to win this fabulous Nespresso steamer frother whirly thingy. I could not think of the name of this for the life of me last time. Oh my goodness, it was hilarious. But it's a Nespresso Arachino and it froths and steams your milk. It's fabulous. It can go hot or cold. In a matter of seconds, you can take your drink to a whole nutta level. You know what I'm talking about, girl? It is awesome. It's my favorite thing. In fact, it's the uh, one thing I think I would grab if I knew that I was going to have to be on a deserted island for an extended period of time, I think. That and my journal. My Nespresso Arachino and my journal. I think I'd be good. What about you? That's how you're going to enter the contest. You're going to go on Instagram or Facebook, because a lot of you have told me that you're on Facebook still only, which is fine. No judgment here. But um, you're going to go on the Hayloft podcast page and post a picture of yourself drinking a hot cup of something fabulous. And what you're going to do to enter is write out what you would take with you Uh, if you knew it, you had to spend an extended period of time on a deserted island. Frother plus, and then you fill in the blank. What are the two things that you would take with you if you knew you were going to have to spend an extended time on a deserted island? Frother plus blank, and then you fill it in. That's it. That's how you enter to win. And I will ship this fabulous little steamer frother thingy Arachino thingy to you as long as you're in the continental United States of America. (laughs) All right. And I wanted to read a review to you too. This one's by Rave Dave. I enjoy the blend of regular everyday people, pastors, and those that Carthy sits down and talks with. Carthy's insight into fear and compassion have been very valuable to me. I always look forward to a new episode. Thank you, Rave Dave. And you know what? We welcome these reviews and we want to know what else you want to hear about. So, right in. Hey friend, please pass this episode on if you enjoyed it. And remember, we love to hear from you. So, leave a review and tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Just some little ways that you can live out love. Thanks for joining me. Till next time. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. Hello, hello, checking the mic, one, two, one, two. It sounds so weird in here. I don't like being in a a different room. I like being in my closet.